Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Uh, good morning and welcome to the Friday Conversation with your hosts, Steve and Sean, all the way from Texas and Pennsylvania. Great to be with you again, Steve. Yes, good to be with you too, even though we've already we've already been talking for 20 minutes. A beautiful formalities. <laughs> it's like welcoming you to the conversation. That's right. The conversation is uh, continuous. Um, yeah, we're talking most of the time, so... Uh, we have already begun, and we just want to welcome you to uh, join us. Um, if you feel so inclined, uh, listen to some, listen to all. Hopefully, you'll listen to all. If you don't, if you don't want to, if you can't watch the video, um, it is available on the KLE podcast, which is available on Google and the Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. There's about ten different platforms that we're available on. So you can listen in your car, listen wherever you are. So right now we are talking, we started on this conversation about Jonah being regurgitated onto his path of destiny and he had to choose it. So, um, and I was mentioning something and now I've totally forgotten what I was talking about. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I said, don't you think we should be recording this? John goes, I thought maybe this is, no, we don't have private, I don't know. Yes, sure, go ahead. So he clicks the button. So anyway, that's basically how we start our mornings a lot of times on Friday mornings. It's just, hey, do you think we should be recording this? Oh, yeah, probably. Okay, let's record this. But uh, what happened was, is that Connie, Connie, uh, my wife had sent me something last night, uh, just about the story of Jonah and about how she had seen me go through this process probably, I don't know, a lot of times where the Lord would tell me to do something. And uh, I would start that direction and then I would end up um, doing something else. I'd get sidetracked, I'd get whatever, I'd get pulled off purpose and I'd end up uh, being swallowed up by that, whichever direction it was I was going at that time. And then I would end up having to come back to that same decision every single time uh, where I had to decide to follow once again or decide to do whatever it is I was originally told to do. And that's happened, I don't know how many times. I guess that's why I'm called a yo-yo by a lot of people. Is that, you know, I keep coming back for more. But anyway, it's just, it's just one of those things that, and as, I, as we were discussing already this morning, uh, Jonah didn't get coughed up by the whale. And, and the funny thing Sean brought up too is that... Um, if you didn't want to go to Nineveh, just stay where you're at. <laughs> Why hop on a boat and start going the opposite direction? You know, I mean, that's, that doesn't make sense. If you don't want to go to Nineveh, just don't go. You know, I mean, it, it'd be a lot easier that way. But no, he gets on a boat and, and they cast him overboard because there's a storm. And he ends up, um, ends up getting swallowed up by this quote unquote whale or a big fish. And he ends up being very repentant. And it says that he is spit back out on dry land um, back in uh, chapter two. So he gets back, spit back out, uh, verse 10, and the Lord spoke unto the fish and vomited out Noah, Jonah, 
upon dry land. It doesn't say Nineveh. It doesn't say where. But it says, then the Lord spoke, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, now go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach. And so uh, he, it's almost like he brings us back to a place, wherever that place is, to make that decision again, whether or not to follow, whether or not to do what we were told to do. And, and of course, Jonah didn't have to go through any big training process or any big repentance pro well he had already been in the belly of the whale repenting at that point but he didn't have to go through years now of of trying to get back into god's good graces to go he just uh lord spoke to him the second time and he went so it was just out of sheer obedience the second time he just he just went he learned not to halt he learned not to stutter step or anything else he just went and basically that's where uh, I was telling Sean, that's basically where I, I'm at. That's what my wife saw is that, you know, I've been at this point, I don't know how many times in my life. And then I get sidetracked and somebody comes up with a different idea and better idea. And, and I end up doing that for a while and trying to get everybody else on board <laughs> on my ship, wherever it is I'm going. And uh, there ends up being a storm and they cast me overboard. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know then you repent and then you then you get spit back out on shore and and but it's just interesting how people who are close to you in your life people who love you see that process they see it happening time after time and um this is one of those times where uh i've been sidetracked by a lot of things and um it's time to get back at 65. It's time to get back to the purpose of God in my life and start doing, um, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing in life. So anyway, um, did you remember what you were going to say or did we? I was saying Michelle, all I could remember was Michelle was, Michelle said the same thing to me, but I can't remember where I was going to go with the point. Um, You did bring up the verse in Colossians. Yeah, well, in Colossians, I mean, this this was this spoke to me in 2010, and and you know, it's still it still bugs me. So, um, I, you know, let me just get the Colossians chapter 4:17 from the from my um, NASB in ASB Bible. It says, "And say to our Kippus, take heed to the ministry." which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. And the word take heed, um, I looked it up, means see to it. In other words, you've got to pay attention to it. You've got to give yourself to it. You've got to um, hold yourself accountable to it, responsible to it. Take heed to the ministry. And of course, everybody loves that idea of being in the ministry. But in this, right. context, you know, it's talking about the office of ministering in divine things um, spoken chiefly of apostles and leaders in this case. Mm. And um, in Philippians 1, 2, it refers to that. Paul talks about being a fellow soldier. So it's, right. you, you, it, you know, there's discipline involved in this. And, um, and he says, which you have received in the Lord. So 
it's in a sense that we we have been given something that we have to fulfill and it's not just because you're an apostle or um or a teacher although we need more people teaching instead of shouting and preaching about anyway. um, uh, and apostles are not fancy preachers either um that's sort of by the way but that we but the thing about it is there's a destiny given to us in god god gives us a destiny and now we have to choose that destiny choose every day to move towards that destiny and he says you need to take heed to that which you've received in the lord he gives you something and it's not necessarily to be an apostle or teacher or prophet or pastor it could be in any area of life that you that god places and wants you where are you and where is your influence and that's the important thing and 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 it's not just to have you know i always thought it was Unless I had a thousand people in a church and I was pastoring, you know, ministering from the pulpit, I'm not effective. You know, that was, and I think that came out of my own lack self, lack of self-esteem and, and the, the idea that that was significant because that's what we saw around us. You know, that was right, right. But nobody, um, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into all of that now. But we've got to see, pay attention to, give heed, put. Make, Focus on, in a sense, see to it that you are fulfilling the ministry which you've received in the Lord. And the word fulfill it there is to perform fully your duty and your obligation, to perform fully and continually your duty and obligation, to complete the work, to accomplish the work, and to perform it fully. And um, so, you know, we've got to recognize... <laughs> Are, are we performing fully our duty and obligation that we have received in the Lord? And that's the important thing is like, like you know, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Job could, I mean, Jonah could just stay at home, stay, could have stayed there at his villa. But I think God orchestrated <laughs> to unsettle his little world. So he ended right. up in the fish so they could, God, God could transport him supernaturally to a place um, where he had, again, he can hear clearly uh, the voice of God, the, 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 the obligation of God gets arrested on his heart, and, and, uh, and then he has to choose that destiny again. And um, You know, it's interesting, too, because I, I keep coming back to one scripture. One scripture the Lord keeps reminding me of every couple years. Any man who goeth a war entangleth not himself with the affairs of this life the word life there is bios which literally means livelihood so no man who goes to war or who's called to be a soldier called to go to battle gets entangled with all the affairs of my livelihood i do that every single time the lord says i want you to do this i get entangled with the affairs of my life my livelihood my whatever else is going on at that time by the time i get untangled i hear the voice of the lord saying this is what i want you to do and it's not some big booming voice it's just that gentle reminder that this sense of obligation yeah right this is yeah. who you are this is what i this is what i've set you on the earth for and mm -hmm. i start about doing that i don't really know how to do it i don't really know the steps of the procedure 
So I go back to work. I go back to this. I go back to the other thing because, you know, I have to have, you know, ways to make a living. And so, you know, that's what I think. And so anyway, I go back to, but no man goeth to war at his own expense either. Yeah. So, um, you know, we get, we get trapped in these circles of, of the getting on a boat, getting caught by the fish, getting spit out making a decision we go back we go back to wherever it was we were instead of going to Nineveh we go back to wherever it is we started from and thinking we have to now do whatever it is that process was we end up getting on the boat again working our way to Tarshish uh, getting getting swallowed by a fish getting spit I mean I've been through this cycle I don't know how many times now and you would think that by now after having, uh, you know, a piece of seaweed stuck to my head now for the last you know, several <laughs> oh, years, yeah. you know, you would think that I would realize that I've been swallowed by this fish enough times and the Lord keeps bringing me to this still small voice saying, this is what I want you to do. And will you just simply do it yeah. and watch my hand, watch my hand do whatever it is that I told you I'm going to do. I, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Yeah. But you're so worried about all these other... Uh, Martha, Martha, why are you so worried and encumbered about so much serving? Mary hath chosen the better part. And that was basically to sit at his feet. And it's interesting in that Mary, Martha thing, it says that Mary received him. And that word received means to receive as you receive that person as one who is over so you receive under is what the word is it's you receive under i i'm receiving something under you but martha says receive christ or received him into her own home and that's receiving somebody under you so when martha brought him in it was under my parameters, this is my house. Uh, see, I'm doing all this stuff. Lord, you need to tell Mary this. You know, I mean, she's she's the boss. I'm receiving him under whatever it is I'm already doing. But Mary hath done the better part, which is to receive me as the one who really is Lord. And to receive me as over. And uh, it's, a, it's a whole different posture. That It was the posture thing. It wasn't a matter of it wasn't a matter of just the fact that she was busy because things needed to be done. It was how she received. And that's the same thing happened with Jonah. He, he really believed he had a choice, which he does. But he received the voice of the Lord as something that was under his jurisdiction or something he could decide, ah, you know, that's okay. I'll blow it off. I'll go the opposite direction. When really to receive him as as me being under whatever it is, uh, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit is hupotasamai. Hupotasamai. Tasso is the orderly arrangement and fashion. So if I submit to God and I come under that orderly arrangement and fashion that he already has going, then I can resist the devil and he will flee. And that word uh, resist, of course, is antihistamine. I mean, that's the word we get antihistamine from the antihistamine. Uh, so now we can resist 
and just blow it all out of the water. I mean, blow Satan right out of the place because we've already submitted to that order of arrangement and fashion, which is Christ over us, truly as Lord, truly in that position of king. And I'm basically crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore, but I live in Christ. So now, what is it you want me to do? Okay, well, I'm, I'm headed that, I'm going that way now. That's my decision. And so uh, basically, it seems like I keep coming back to that same point, but hopefully I got it this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting journey, um, you know, because like I say, the, the trajectory for our life, we are here for an assignment. God has, has set the assignment for our life. There's a number of things that I've, concluded through through um, experience and just studying and looking at and how things work uh, for instance we've got Elijah and Elijah prophesies to Ahab and um, and then Jezebel is after him he is a prophet that calls down fire changes things calls weather outruns a jolly chariot and everything and suddenly gets a letter from Jezebel and his whole life has changed. <laughs> I just thought to myself, how does that work? How does somebody that knows God in that way and knows how God, I mean, if you can call down fire on 50 soldiers and 100 soldiers, you can call down fire on a lot more than that, you know, it's just like, um, and but yet God creates a crisis for Elijah that um, redirects him first to a brook and, and then God teaches him who's your sustain, sustenance here. And then yeah, who's your daddy? Yeah, who's your daddy? And then, <laughs> um, and then to Mount Horeb where, where Moses actually met with God. Right. In a cave. And says, am I in all the power, power things? No. And whispers into his heart. Now, I want you to go the same way that you came. But now I want you to anoint the next generation in a sense. Wow. He came out of a crisis or because of a crisis. He fled because of a crisis as the prophet, you know. Right, right. Nobody wants to be the Elijah prophet, but he came out as the prophet and god whispers to him not in the power signs but whispers to him to go back on the same route that he started on and said now i want you to be a father to the next generation he was wow. anoint the next so he was to anoint elisha and and um and uh is it joab no not joab um is the guy that killed the uh, um, Jezebel was Joab, wasn't it? Can't remember. No, I can't remember. But um, anyway, he's got to anoint him and, yeah. and, and uh, Hazael as king of Syria and, um, and this guy as king of Israel who would, who would be the next generation to destroy uh, right. this dynasty of Jezebel and Ahab. And um, uh, and that was always interesting to me is that many times what happens is a crisis is created because God is shifting the role. 
God is shifting the paradigm. And so many times, you know, what happens is God gives you a picture of where you are going or where you think. Right. And he goes, all right, let's use a practical example. God says to you, um, in this case, God says, hey, uh, Elijah, I, I've called you to be a prophet. And he goes, yes, I'm a prophet. You know, yes, I'm a prophet. And he wants to, and he prophesies and he does all these amazing things. And then suddenly God creates a crisis and says, but I'm shifting the role. But we couldn't, you would, you know, he couldn't see that role earlier. It was only when he arrived that this one role goes through the crisis that he can see the next role. And, right. and many times is like God says, Sean, I want you to pastor. I want you to start a church in, in Mount Bull Strand, South Africa. And I want you to pastor the church. And then God creates a crisis in me and around me. And he says, but now I actually want that. But I couldn't right. see when I started. All I could see was pastoring. That was the only thing I could see. But then God says, right. I want you to see that because that, you know, America wasn't even on the radar. I just like leaving South Africa wasn't even an option, you know. And, right. and, and then God moves you out of that place. So um, that is one thing that I noticed is that God will often, you don't see what the next step is. You think we got to hand over the bat. And I think, I think one of the lessons I learned that was the biggest thing was I should have been handing over the baton sooner. I, you know, I, all I knew was that, and I, God was speaking to me and I didn't see it because this is the thing is we, we look to the ministry as our provision <laughs> and we, right. we look to the, we look to the church as our wife, <laughs> not Jesus wife, but as our wife. And so we're so in love with it. We just don't want to leave there, but it's not our wife. Right. She's a nasty wife. I'm telling you, only Jesus can handle her. And, and uh, so we, we want to hang out with his wife and we, you know, cause we think, and she, we love to have her loving us and adoring us. And, and, but we've got to know the timing to move, to hand over the baton and move to the next stage. And sometimes yeah. you can't see the next stage. You've got to hand over the baton and say, what's the next stage? You know, is what is the next? Yeah. And, uh, and that was Jehu, by the way. Sorry, Jehu. That's right. Jehu. Thank you. Yeah. That's the thing that Connie told me too. Uh, I remember we came out of a, a church situation uh, in a certain city. And she said, I feel like, she said, I feel like I'm jealous all the time. And I said, what for? She said, because I feel like the other woman. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're in, in love with another man's wife. I feel like the second wife or the second bride or the whatever. I'm always competing uh, for attention from this and that's what the Lord showed me that day on the beach is he said, he said, he just told me, he says, um, well, he showed me, I'm going to do the same thing to you that he did to me. And I think I've done this before on these things, probably about a year and a half ago or so. But um, say I come into your house and I'm, I'm talking with you and Michelle and uh, you have to go back to work. And so Michelle and I spend all day, you know, and then all day the next day. And, and pretty soon you begin to notice that Michelle um is taking on kind of my the way i talk and stuff like that you know and 
and I'm beginning to say things, or she's beginning to say things with the same inflection, uh, the same ideas. And you're going, wow, that sounds really great, you know. And uh, she gets more and more, takes on more and more my personality and more and more my vision, uh, my particular direction, my purpose. And one day you say, you know what, Michelle, I think we're supposed to go do this. Well, no, Steve said this. And that's when I told the Lord, I said, I think I would probably kill the guy. Um, and uh, he said, but that's what you've done with you're my bride. <laughs> yeah, you're that guy. You're that guy who's done that uh, because I am actually the husband. You have usurped my place as husband to my bride. You have taken that place. You're supposed to get her to represent me, not you. Not your purpose, not your direction, not you're supposed to you're supposed to be as a eunuch that brings her unto her husband, prepares her for her husband, not prepares her for your own purpose and and gets accepted by her and approved by her. And you love that. You love it when she pays attention to you. You love it when she uh, acknowledges you. You love it when she she reflects you. You are not her husband, though. And that's the thing that awakened me at that time. And that's why I stepped out initially, stepped out of the ministry uh, uh, at that point, because I knew that I was beginning that journey to Nineveh uh, with the message, but I didn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't even know how to get to Nineveh from there. I just knew that I had to get out of, get out of wherever it was I was. And so I hopped on my ship and I got swallowed up, you know, by a bunch of different things. But um, during that process, I've come in that belly of that whale. I've come to that place of, of understanding some things about what, what actually the Lord's purpose is, just like you have. You know, as far as this is my purpose is to bring the next generation in, to bring the next, to bring many sons unto glory. That, I mean, that was whole, all of Christ's purpose, too. It wasn't about his ministry. It was to bring many sons unto glory. That was his purpose for crying out loud. So now if we just realize that that's our purpose too, to bring many sons done to glory, to bring the next generation into this, not just, it's not just about my ministry and what I can do, or if I can fulfill my purpose on the earth, my purpose is to bring many sons unto glory. So uh, can I just be about that business? Can I just do that? <laughs> can you just do that? Can you just do that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It was interesting, uh, you know. And and is every now and again you feel God inserting Himself into your life through messages and saying, and you just go, yeah. oh, I, you know, I know I need to be doing more. And uh, yeah, but like you, it's just you know, I I, we, I sit here and I go, all right, the best platform I know right now is to to do this, you know, for right for us just to share it and, and get it out and inspire some people inspire the bride of Christ, yeah. body of christ to you know into what we know we don't know it all but what we do know right. we've experienced in god is what we share and just to inspire them in that area and uh and to say okay i you know i don't know what's next um i mean i, I came here you know i arrived in in the united states and religion shut me down you know as soon as i started right. religion shut me down so I just like, okay, um, you know, obviously 
going into the churches to preach is not going to happen, you know. So, no. Um, and I, you know, Michelle was saying to me the other day. She said, you know, the thing about it is, is that yeah, I, we were listening to Kenneth Copeland the one time, and and uh, and he started like that. He started preaching in churches, and he got to the point. He said, you know, he said, God spoke to him, and he knew that at at some point, he said, at this point, um, I've got to move it out of the church um, because. The pastors were fighting him. The pastors were uh, being the resistance. You know, they were pulling the faces behind him while he was uh, preaching the word. You know, and uh, because it didn't fit their paradigm, so um, so that's when he started hire, having to hire halls and stuff like that. And and the cost factor was higher, and the you know so the rentals and every it, there was a big factor involved in that. And then, of course, and then God spoke to him about television and, you know, and the whole thing is history after that. But it was interesting at some point he had to move out of that. And, and I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't know where that is. I don't know how that is. I, right. Um, Christ did that, though, too. Yes, he did. He moved out of the synagogue. He had to. Right. Yeah. Right. Because at first, that's where he was preaching. And Paul, too. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah Paul too. Argued daily in the temple. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> So, but that's probably why he said to Moses, because Moses said, I, I don't even know what to do next. Yeah. I mean, I've been out, I've been out of this thing for 40 years. Yes. What in the world am I going to do? I mean, I've been in the backside of the wilderness, stepping in sheep and goat doo-doo, yes. you know, because right. I'm behind yeah. all my father-in-law's stuff. And, and he says, what's that in your hand, Moses? Yeah. I've been preparing you for the last 40 years to do this. 80. And I'm still, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And I'm sending you. I'm not sending some special gift or anointing. I'm sending you because I trust my work in you. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, and I'm not trusting the gift. I'm not trusting anything. I'm trusting what I've already done in you all these times. So, um, you know, I'm sending you. So what's that in your hand? Well, use that. Use use this platform. Use whatever it is is in your hand right now. Use that. Use uh, you yeah. and I have talked about uh, that devotional book, you know, those things that I write every day. Uh, should I do that? Yes, of course. Yeah. Do I do it? I haven't yet. What's that in your hand, Steve? Well, do that doggone yeah. it. I mean, yeah. why do you keep going around this mountain again when you actually already know what to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the thing is we're waiting for, for something in instead of using what we have, and that's, you know, it's like this, you know, I know the sound is not perfect and I know, I know the quality is not perfect and I know that the, it's not edited professionally and, and, you know, I know all of that, you know, I'm very aware of it. It's like, but, you know, for me was do what you can with what you have where you are today. I, that's my, right. it's always been Be my, faithful in the little. It's just, what can your hand find to do? Because the Bible right. says that that you will prosper what you set your hand to, you know. Right. So if you're not doing something diligently, faithfully, continually, you know, dutifully, um, if you're not fulfilling that, completing the task with what you have, you can never imagine, you know, getting something bigger, something more. You know, we want the international, but we haven't started with the with the local. You know, with the Jerusalem first, yeah. Yeah right where you are right now and so that's that was the whole thing with the KLE podcast again you know I mean I have the I have the business podcast and it's surprising you know it's often we Michelle and I were talking yesterday and I said to her 
I said, the thing about it is the business podcast is not so much business because all I'm doing is I'm teaching the, the values. I'm teaching the principles of the kingdom of God, but without using scripture. Right. Uh, so I'm finding quotes that are relevant to what I'm teaching. And, and I'm in five nations with that, you know, with a couple of hundred people, a couple of hundred listens a, a week on that. And, um, and, and all I'm doing is I'm taking Jesus' point of view, if you, if, if you may, and, and I'm translating it into principles. It's the same principle. It's the same thing, except I'm not putting a scripture on it or putting it in the context of church. I'm just right. practically how to lead out in the world, you know, and, and yeah, uh, what's that in your hand, Moses? Yes. And that's the thing is, you know, it, I mean, I've got this, not this very great mic. It cost me like $15. It's like pathetic, but it works, you know? So that's what I use. It, I, it works. I use it and trust God for other things, you know? So, um, but if you don't start, you know, you don't, you, you don't, you can't expect anything else, you know? So yeah, so I, I just, I just, and the KLU podcast, I mean, it was like, okay. And I, I love, I mean, you know me, I just like, give me half a chance and I'll, I'll share my conviction, you know, and share the word on something. And there's certain things that are very deeply, I'm deeply passionate about. And no, <laughs> not you. <laughs> yeah, not me. Um, and, and, uh, and, but, you know, so I, I can, but I just felt like, this was the medium that I wanted to do it on. I wanted to do it on a discussion kind of, and because our conversation has been going on for five, six, seven years already. And I thought, you know what? That is the way we can bounce off and share who we are. And, and I get to share it with somebody. And it's not just me. Everybody's doing the me. I wanted to right. us, you know, and, and to, sh to share the us out there. And, th and that, and I thought, well, okay. The, the Anchor podcast is for free, so I don't have to do it. Zoom is for free, so I don't have to pay for that. And, um, okay, so I, I got a, 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 um, a gift card, <laughs> a gift card for my birthday, so buy a mic and um, stick it into my laptop, and here we go. You know, it's just like, let's do something. And, and so that's how it started, it's as simple as that. But the whole point is to get the message out there. Whether it's one, whether it's 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, I don't really care because I'm just looking for, we're just looking for that one that gets it, you know, that just can get it and get it out there to somebody else. And, and the next thing will come. That's what, and, but in the meantime, and I think, but this is, I just want to make it practical to what you were saying is that there's always a means to an end. There's always, you know, we've got to be doing something, you know, is like, um, we cannot be sitting waiting for a ministry to come because there's a lot of people that until I, you know, I'm going to be a pastor and a prophet until then, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to fast and pray. Well, you might die fasting from hunger, you know, but because you've been <laughs> so long. And, and the thing is like Paul had the, had the tent making business and uh, with uh, Aquila and uh, Priscilla, they also had the tent making business and they were doing the same thing as Paul was. Um, and Paul used that, but he, 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 just what you were saying, he didn't get immersed in the, the, the means to an end. It, Entangled. Yeah. It, yeah, he didn't get distracted. His mission was, 
I take that business and he had, he had a traveling business. So he could go to a place, set it up, make tents, repair tents, whatever he did. I mean, this was home, people's homes in some places. And, right. and, um, and uh, but he used it to connect with people, to be an influence, to, to be the means to an, an end. And the end right. to fulfill his mission, his apostolic mission, into the various places that God sent him. And I think that's, you know, that's always been my, my mindset is how do I, you know, what, what does God want to use to get me there? You know, yeah. I get, I've always wanted my life to be intense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm intense all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and, you know, and I think of another guy, I think, uh, who was I talking? I was talking to somebody the other day and, and um, we were just talking about age and doing things. And what's his name? Um, Smith Wigglesworth was 80 when he started his ministry. That's true. That's true. He was a plumber his whole life until then. Whole life. His wife died when he was in 70 something. And, and um, he went and prayed over at the grave and he said it was like he something just happened to him when he was praying for her and she was always the preacher he wasn't he used to be in the background and he right. said, something happened to him and he started his ministry his ministry took off at the age of 80 and for the next i don't know how many years it was by ship you understand there was no no flights going around at that point in time he would he would go by ship came here to the states went to new zealand australia south africa and uh, and europe um, yeah, all over Europe and, uh, and preached and saw many signs and wonders. And still his name is a legacy today of, of the power of God, you know, and, and right. the incredible miracles that took place. And that all happened from the time he was 80. And sometimes what we, what we're concerned about is like, we're going to miss the wave. And, and I did, I mean, from the age of 22, I was like scared. I was going to miss the wave, you know? And then God's going, nah, you're going to just hang on there. Cause the work that I'm doing is not complete. And, um, and you know, somebody else that had that same story is uh, basically um, he spent years trying to find a job. Um, he ended up as a dishwasher for the last 25 years. Was this? And finally, and, huh? Was that? Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, string, I'm stringing you along. Yeah, Hang on. Hang on. I'm yeah. fishing. I'm fishing here. <laughs> I'm curious. Let me let me fish. <laughs> but uh, he had a pro he went to start to be a, a lawyer. Of course, the people said you're not smart enough for that. He he flunked out of school. He did, I mean, there were so many different things, so many different jobs he tried. Uh, last 25, he ended up losing his wife and kids. Um, he he the last 25 years of his life, he was a dishwasher. I mean, that's what he ended up doing. Got fired from that. I mean, couldn't even hold a dishwashing job. Um, he in, he knew that his his uh, mother or grandmother had this, or actually he had this recipe for fried chicken. So he ended up cooking up a batch of. He had just enough money left to buy a couple chickens. So he bought a couple chickens, ended up frying them up, and went door to door and actually sold those chickens. Made him enough money to buy more chickens, and he ended up. Uh, you know, roasting them or not roasting them, but frying them up and selling those door to door. He ended up, you know, then opening up a storefront and selling the, selling these, this fried chicken. Well, Colonel Sanders didn't start that. 
until he was in his 80s either. Yeah. I mean, he was old. It was one of his social social checks that he got for in, in Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's never too late to do it's never too late to be to go ahead and and make the decision to go on to Nineveh. Yeah. It's never too late to go ahead and say, "Yes, Lord, I I know you've been telling me to do this and it's time. I mean, I, I realize it's time and we don't have to repent anymore. I mean, we just have to just say, you know what? I, I have put it off for long enough. And, and now is the time I can, I have apprehended that for which I've been apprehended. Yeah. You apprehended we, me years ago. Are we finding ourselves on the beach? That's yes. the land, you know? Yes. Are we finding ourselves on the dry land? And that's the important thing. Uh, and and it's true. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not everybody has to wait until they're 80, you know. Um, but, but I mean, again, practically speaking, I, I think for you and me is one. I know for me is, you know, I, I've had so much resistance and I've been beaten up so many times that I just I, I'm. I'm wary to step out um, too much. Um, and I mean, you know, well, before COVID hit, I mean, I've been invited some, you know, to so many places. Uh, and But the thing is, is that I've got to pay, you know, it's like, right. if I go to Malawi, I've got to pay uh, and I pay for everything. So, right. and, and if I can pay for it, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind going and paying and sharing and, but it takes money to do stuff. You know, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. And I'm not going to sit on here and manipulate and cry and beg no. for pictures of, of little kids and stuff to try and, you know, wangle people's uh, money out of their pockets to say, oh, you know, woe is me if you don't give. You know, it's just like, I don't, I just do not do that. I do not beg. I do not, I don't even send out a letter asking for money. We never ask on here for for finance, uh, you know, we, we never do it. So, and I, I just will, will never do it because I don't beg. I, God is the, so people send me stuff all the time, you know, will you come and teach us, you know, in different places? And, and I go, you know, I'd love to, when God allows, when, when the resource comes, I will go. But until then, um, I can talk to you on Zoom. It's free, you know? And, right, right. Um, yeah, I was called the other day to, to go talk to some people in, a uh, whole group in uh, India. And uh, I just said, well, I I'm not going to fly there right now because I, you know, but w will you do a Zoom thing? And they said, well, sure, we'd love to do that. But see, once again, for me, this is just for me. I'm not caring about the whole group of people there in India. I don't care. Uh, you know, I want to affect you and your life and what you need and then you can affect your India, right. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes right now to get you to the place that you need to be. And then, then you can take it to Egypt. You can take it to, uh, I got a call from a guy from Egypt the other day and, and just a wonderful uh, man of God who, who was born again out of the Muslim thing about a year and a half ago. And basically just wanting training to the next level, whatever that takes. And, uh, you know, he's just looking for help. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, he's not asking for money. He's not asking for anything else. He just wants to know the heart of God and how to, how to do some of this stuff. And so, you know, those are the type of people you're looking for. 
the ones that are going to actually impact the next gen. This guy and his wife are going to impact not just not just where they live, but a whole region because of the influence that they have. And I already know that in heart. I know that they are not just dropped as a little pebble into the ocean. They're dropped in as a big boulder into a, into a small pond. And that ripple effect is going to affect many, 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 many people. So it's just a matter, can we take the time right now to invest what we have into people like that until the faucet is turned off, you know, and there's no more, you know, there's no more draw or there's no more, the Lord just says, okay, your time, you know, that that's enough. You know, yeah. I, I want to send somebody else now to complete the work or whatever it is. You know, I don't have to be that to somebody now for the rest of my life. You know, it's just, uh, you're used as a tool for this amount of time until that work is complete. And then he uses somebody else, I guess. I mean, I don't know how, I, I'm sure that's how he works that because that's just some some relationships are for a season and some are for a long term. You know, it's just right, uh, right. And and God measures that. We don't we don't possess anybody. I think that's the no the biggest thing that we've got to get to is like we want to possess people. We want to right. possess a position, you know, of headship in their life and 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 uh, and cause them to stay forever and a day. And hey, I was guilty of that, but. You know, what I've learned since then is like we, Jesus is Lord. Lord means owner, possessor. And that right. word landlord comes from, he owns everything. So when people come to him, he owns them. They become his bride. They become his family. We are facilitators of the family culture. That's what we got to do. We facilitators of preparing his bride for him continually. Right. And that is, you know, that's a mindset of skill that we've got to learn is that I'm preparing his bride for him. I'm preparing the culture for his presence and, and which is his glory, not for me. This is not about. Right. And so, you know, we, we've got to know where we measure ourselves is that right. seasons of to, to, um, in people's lives. And I mean, it was like you and I, it's like the first couple of years was like oh, off and on, off and on. It wasn't. And then suddenly it was like, you know, and out of, it came funny enough out of a crisis was this connection that began to grow and grow and grow. And I must take off my, my great respect hat to you. You did pursue it. And, and I honestly did not want to know anybody's business. I didn't want to know anything about ministry, anything about church i didn't want to know anything about anybody afterwards i just like i want to just be a businessman because at least there in that world i know what i'm dealing with in the church I, right church leaders i don't know what i'm getting you know is they they out with daggers all the time so i just like okay I'm the, and then you just kept calling me calling me pursued and pursued and and, uh, and yeah, I'm very grateful for that. It just kept the conversation going. You know? And the thing is, though, is that we weren't, it wasn't a matter of you're supposed to be doing this ministry or that ministry. It's a matter of who you were as a son of yeah. God. Yeah. And that's, that's all we're doing is bringing people back into the remembrance of who they are as a son of God. You know, well, not, if, you don't, not even, if you haven't got that, you've got nothing. I mean, right, right. And that was the thing that we were, we were bent toward even before we started was we wanted our sonship. Yeah. 
we wanted that stamp of this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And a lot of that was we were looking for that from a man or from a person saying, okay, you know, you are approved son and you know, not yet. Yeah. (laughs) You're okay now. Yeah. Yeah. You've appeased uh, me. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, There's a, I was just trying to look it up here now, but uh, I'll just go ahead and, but it says that there are many different eunuchs on the earth and some were born eunuchs. uh, Some were made eunuchs and some made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. A eunuch is somebody who all the Kings put over their harem. uh, They put over their, uh, their wives, they put over their, um, their finances. Uh, They, the Kings would put eunuchs, because the eunuchs were not able to reproduce after their own likeness and image. They no longer had that drive to need to be sexually approved of or um, intimate with uh, somebody else that the king was supposed to be intimate with. So they didn't care. They were, they were made eunuch uh, by the king or they made themselves eunuch for the king of God's sake. I make myself a eunuch so that I don't I don't want to reproduce after my own likeness or an image. I'm sent to the bride to bring her to the knowledge of who her husband is so that she can represent him. And so that, that, that whole idea of a eunuch has been lost in our society or in this generation. And it's time to get that back to where we make ourselves the eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake so that we're not going to touch the bride for our sake. We're not going to touch this ministry. The ministry that we have is something that is for the king anyway. My whole purpose is here so that you can know your king. You can know your husband. You can know his purpose. Uh, You can know his purpose for your life. And you can begin to smell like he wants you to smell. Uh, you You can begin to act like he wants you to act within his presence. And that's all the eunuch did was prepare the bride for the king whenever she came into his presence. And so you realize that whole, if, if we would just grasp, and that's a new covenant, even it talks about the covenant, I mean, about the eunuchs making themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So uh, there are eunuchs of men. There are eunuchs that are made that way. And uh, it's time once again to um, get ourselves to the place where we know that even though even though you and I are talking about our ministry or what it is we're called to do, the whole purpose behind that is we're placed into that place so that we can bring up a bride so that now she knows who her husband is and she can act in his presence as she's supposed to act. And that's our whole purpose. And so uh, as far as ministry or not to... To minister or not to minister, that is the question. You know, that, that ain't even a question anymore for me because the ministry whole thing is, um, I know for you too, the quote-unquote ministry is just not even a thought anymore. It's just, this is who we are. who we are. Yeah, it's just who we are. This is what we're placed in the kingdom to do. And so therefore we're going to do it for the honor of the king, for his purpose. And because it's his, he is Lord, the only one with right of decision. He is king. So even though we're kings, also kings and priests, 
it's just we're, we're still in his kingdom we're still in another kingdom right. so um you know to bring that about to bring that forth uh as a eunuch to where i'm not going to reproduce after my likeness i'm not going to have a bunch of people that run around looking like me you know there's they're supposed to be looking like him yeah exactly god forbid that they look like us it's not our seed that's the thing is we don't that's right seed is like it's got to be his seed and that's why number one preaching the word is critical is right you know, uh, that we preach for heaven's sake preach the word of god not your opinion not your ideas, right it's not your you know not your your church denomination or organization um, you know, get out of that stuff and preach the word in season, out of season, when it's opportune, when it's not opportune, when it's good and when it's bad, preach the word first and foremost. That's good. Uh, yeah, so, that's good. you know, that, that is, that has just got to be the absolute foundation of what you do. Too many people I've heard so many manipulative messages, you know, and it's not about your great oratory skills either. It's about bringing the word. And right. If let him who speaks, speak as the oracles of God. Let him who serves, serve in the strength of God, that in all things God gets the praise. And that's we, that's always got to be our focus, you know. So for me, it's ministry. We, we somehow think ministry is something to attain to, you know. Something, right. It's like a career path nearly, you know. It's like right. I'm there, right. I'm important. And, you know, and that is a cultural thing in some places of the world. And you that's true kill that cultural thing that's your enemy to being effective for god kill it it doesn't it it's not the way of the culture of the kingdom of god first off secondly is that you know ministry is not something to attain to it's something that we are it's something that we have it's an obligation of duty that we have as sons of god we've got to bring it wherever we are you don't have to be and some people are just lazy they don't you know, they think that, I mean, one guy said to me, well, you know, my business is not working, so I must, I'm going to go full-time into ministry. And I said, oh, my word, you know, really? That, so that's, that's what this has come to, is like, okay, you can make money in ministry because because you can talk a little bit and share a little bit, you're going to get a bunch of people to get to make money in ministry because you're too lazy to work, you know? Uh, right, right. You know, right. that just doesn't make sense at all to me. I mean, well, it makes a lot of sense, but it's not its not the way it should be. So we can't think like that. It's, we've got to fulfill an obligation, uh, which is our duty. That's our ministry that we've received in the Lord. And we, you, it may be that you're a business guy, that you are in a business, that you're working in a corporate situation. You may be even in a cubicle. I don't know, but... You know, is I don't despise those things simply because God may be using that for you to influence people's lives, you know, and and use it. Be an influence. That's exactly what Steve started off with is don't be focused on, be caught onto the bling of it, you know, in that sense. Is get so immersed in it and the stress of it. It's a means to an end. Everything right. we do in this earth is a means to an end. And the end is not to get to heaven. The end is to influence earth with the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for. And uh, so whatever we're doing, but it's, you know, it's been an interesting, um, I've I definitely, um, yeah. <laughs> definitely think about I definitely, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. And I, last story before we go is, I, I heard about, I don't know, did I tell the story? But in New Zealand, in New Zealand, this one guy, um, 
he heard about a chapel meeting that one of the uh, Salvation Army lieutenant or captain or something was going to speak at. And uh, so he, he took a chance, went down there to that, to that meeting, and it was at this little chapel. And, uh, and he looked in the, and said, come back later. Well, not come back later, but the meeting was scheduled for later. But somebody was there and said, hey, come inside. So he went and sat through a small group of people, just a few people sitting there. And, um, and uh, so he waited and waited. And anyway, this captain came in. And of everything, he the, the, the captain, Salvation Army officer, let's call him an officer, was, said that night, the one thing he said, who will be the person that says, God, anywhere, anytime, whatever the cost to, to, to anybody, whoever, you know, whatever the cost, whatever the time, whatever the, whoever it is, um, whatever price to pay, I will do it. And, and this man was sitting in that meeting and he stood up and he said, I will, I will be whatever it takes. He went back to Australia and uh, and he began and he said any price any cost you know whatever wherever anytime it's right now and he began and um and from him um started he didn't start it but his son did um his son was um brian houston of hillsong and hmm. um so we've got hill songs all over the world now. They've made history where it comes to praise and worship, you know. So what, how, whatever we think of how they've done it, they have had an influence. They have had an impact on the earth. But Brian's right. dad was that man in that little meeting that said, whatever the cost, whatever the price. And, uh, and his son picked it up. That's the interesting thing, of course, another problem. But his son picked it up and... Dale Moody was the same. Dale Moody was in a meeting with somebody um, and heard that same thing being said. And Dale Moody stood up, stood up and said, I'll be the one. And, and of course, Dale Moody affected continents with his ministry as well. And right. many like that, uh, I'm not Till Osborne, but Till Osborne was also one, but, but um, F.F. Bosworth was in a meeting and heard that and picked it up and with it. So, um, so that, that, that quotation, you know, anytime, anywhere, to whoever you want to send me, whenever, uh, whatever the cost, I will go. And I heard that somebody said that in England just before I left. And, um, and I said, that would be me, you know. <laughs> I said, I, that's always been me. I've been like foremost in running to things. And um, so, uh, you know, today is like a prophetic, word to me as well and you know to stay the course because i promise actually to be to be honest to be very honest the past two weeks i just felt like going you know what shut everything <laughs> i'm tired i I'm, i put in so much effort and you know and i just felt like and nothing i'm done yeah you know you're not getting it's like we're talking here, but there's not a lot of feedback. There's, you know, you, you, you're just talking. You're hoping something gets out there. And we do it by faith. I mean, I do it by faith. I don't do it. But it's just like I'm, I'm dude, I've got so many things on my plate right now, you know, to, to try and keep, you know, you've got to live. So my tent-making side of things has got to work. And I've got to find something at work so I, can, so I can bring in the income so that I can do things, you know, for God. And so I'm just like, 
okay. But I just like, oh man, I, I feel like I'm so tired now. I just, I said to Michelle, I put so much effort into this podcast every day, every week, you know, just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And, and I'm just like, I, I felt like, and Michelle shouted, I said to, oh, just the night before last, I said to my son, I said, you know what? I just feel like clicking the button and saying, no more, I'm done. You know, I'm just done. And just getting on with my life and whatever happens after that happens. And Michelle shouted from the room. That's what I wanted to say. She shouted, don't quit. <laughs> don't quit your mandate. Don't quit. Don't quit your mandate. Keep going. When it's looking the worst, then it's the most, you know. It's just like, okay, oh, man. I didn't want to hear that, but I just, okay. So, um, so you know, this morning's uh, conversation is definitely... Um, so you've been in the belly of the whale the last oh, couple I feel of like the belly of the whale. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm back out on the dry ground. <laughs> Choose whom will you serve? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. So there we are. All right. Folks. This was all, all started by my wife sending me yes. that little thing. Uh, Connie, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank God for our wives who do these things. Eh? Yes. Well, any statement that you want to convey, Steve? No, I think I'm done. done. Okay. <laughs> My statement is I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for being with us, folks. It's really great to have spent time with you again. Thank you, Steve, as usual. And uh, appreciate you. Have a super week and have a super weekend. We love and appreciate you tremendously. Hey, um, let us know. Uh, send us a message. On the, on the Anchor FM uh, podcast, you can actually send that. You can send a text message or a little audio. You can jump on there and just um, let us know if you're getting something out of this. Where you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just Give us a first name. Hey, this is Sean. I'm in uh, Timbuktu and I listen to your podcast and, uh, and I'm being inspired, uh, you know, whatever. It would be just great to hear that from you. Let us know that we are um, touching your life or touching your heart in some way and inspiring something in your life. It would be great. It would definitely be a shot in the arm. We do it by faith, but we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so until next time, this is Sean and Steve saying God bless you. Where is...